1: The Book Riot Podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For just $8 a month, you'll get easy-to-use drag-and-drop layouts, 24-7 live chat support, and beautiful responsive designs that will make your website look great on any device. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code POETRY at checkout. A better web starts with your website.
0: This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 78. We're recording on Thursday, November 6th. I'm Rebecca Shinsky and I'm here with Jeff O'Neill, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com.
1: Good morning. Good morning. It's a rainy fall day. Yeah, it feels very
0: rainy fall transported out of a Counting Crows album.
1: I've been marking fall by systematically eating an entire apple pie by myself for the last three days. I refer to it as the dread apple pie because <laughs> I can know I can't get rid of it and I have to eat it. And I'm enjoying it and hating it at
0: the same we time. We are doing that in my house with this season's first batch of chili, which oh. which I made on Monday and there is still some lingering. Mm. So we are eating chili until we can chili no more. I think but
1: that might be happening for us this weekend, our First batch of Survivor's Chili where you can just like eat it for a week.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think then it's going to be chicken roasting time. Mm. It's been like cold and then not cold and then cold and then not cold here in the South. So I've just decided I'm cooking like it's cold. I don't care.
1: I understand. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. Uh,
0: uh it's also the season of beginning holiday shopping.
1: Yeah, you go. Nice segue. Uh, you Thank know, you it, it, it step See, that's the thing it's, about a segue. Okay. You don't I say l- it.
0: I like to have my greatness acknowledged. I should sometimes. send you
1: like a, a an IM while we're recording just to sort <laughs> of like I I, cost, I see what you're doing and I like it.
0: Yeah, so I've seen uh Hallmark holiday movies are starting to air and Target is advertising for Christmas and that means that we are starting to think about the best books of the year mm-hmm. and also holiday book shopping. So, if you are looking to buy a book for someone that you care about for the holidays, or if you just want recommendations for yourself, we would like to help you, listeners. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing our holiday recommendations show last year. We're going to release this one the, the week of Thanksgiving, so you'll have something fun to listen to uh, while you're with family, celebrating, traveling, starting to think about holiday shopping. So, Email us. In, yeah, email us. Podcast at bookriot.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, either to you know, Book Riot or one of us individually. Uh, there will be a post on Book Riot this week. You can comment on that or you can comment on the podcast notes, which will be at bookriot.com slash podcast. Um, if you wish to not have your name mentioned... When we read your question and issue your recommendations, because the person that you're buying for might also be listening to this or for any other reason, uh, just make sure that you let us know so that we won't say who
1: yeah. you are. But And if you didn't listen last year, if you're, you know, a new listener within last year, we do a whole show of this. It's not just a segment on one show. We're going to be yeah, a whole show. We, we uh, forego the news for that week and just talk book recommendations yeah. and you could go listen to last year's oh, still yeah, holds up I think
0: yeah they, we do uh, specific recommendations for a bunch of people and then we both did a few what you call Swiss Army recommendations mm-hmm. great books that you can buy for just about anyone so we'll do that again but that um, that first episode is called I think the nerdiest of book elves that's right and it's back in the like in the number 20s yes, somewhere, in, somewhere in the show in you can scroll uh,
1: through the the category tag up uh, book slash podcast or your podcaster I'm tuition.
0: tempted to listen to it and have a Little flashback of like, oh, where were we a year ago? Yeah. I don't also, know I maybe so
1: we don't do too many dupes because I that's mean I, I have you know my go tos, you know, mm-hmm. like Gilead's my seven iron. That's when I'm in trouble. That's what gets me out of a jam.
0: <laughs> it, if I had my way, it would just be an hour of talking about like tiny beautiful things and how. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> Should
1: read it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a section of the just. The, I mean, those are kind of our Swiss Army recommendations. Anyway, if you'd like to give us a holiday gift, it's oh, a very yes. simple thing, and that is go rate the show on iTunes. We asked last week, and I saw a few people did. We're mm-hmm. at 192 ratings. We're trying to get to 200. Bust. 200 bust. I don't know what do we. That's that's a false claim. We're not going to go bust if we hit January first with 199.
0: Jeff, we have to make steaks. Create. Yeah, create steaks.
1: Urgency. Actually, I could eat a steak. That <laughs> right, no, sounds good. Uh, it's a little-
0: it's early for that, my friend. Yeah,
1: never, steak and eggs, steak that's and a eggs? Thing. That's the thing that people do. That's true. Do. Somehow a steak becomes a breakfast food if you had sort of chicken reproductive well, eggs. An
0: anything is in, I think anything could be a breakfast food with a fried
1: egg on top. That's a really good point. Uh, like a martini. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, so, anyway, if you like to do that, that would be a great gift to us. We'd appreciate that greatly. And, you know, if you don't, that's okay too. But if you find yourself in iTunes, think of us fondly. Uh, I'm not I'm going to start seeing a fan of the Opera, if I'm not careful. I'll do our first sponsor before things really get out of hand. <laughs> Moving along. It's Squarespace. If you've got a project that you would like to get out of hand with online, Squarespace is the fast and easy way to make a beautiful website, blog, internet portfolio, online store. It's for a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and enter offer code poetry. Talk about this stuff all the time. You know, Sometimes I forget that not everyone does what we do or anything like it for a as living. a
0: website. Yeah, a
1: website. So a couple of things I haven't talked about that I just like. I'm just like, of course it has it because it's a thing on the web that people use. Analytics built in. You can see how many people have visited your site, how long they stay there, what pages they visit, how long they've stayed on those.
0: That's not addictive at all.
1: No, no, no. Well, I've never <laughs> stared at our real-time analytics for a book ride for hours on end and lost time. Um, never happens. No. That, we don't make a party of it. But if you've never had a website before or one where you, know, you had analytics at all, you might not know that that kind of thing is available. So if you have a bunch of pictures up there, like you're selling something and you see that a lot of people are searching for that, you're like, oh, maybe I should do more of that. Or they're spending a lot of time. I am looking at that um, and maybe not so much time and other things. So it helps you decide what to spend. Data, time baby. Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit of data never hurt anybody except for the people that it's hurt terribly. Um, <laughs> 24-7 live chat customer support. So if you see something analytics they don't understand, you ask them. Plans start at just $8 a month. Include free domain name if you sign up for a year. So if you need steakandeggs.net, get that signed up. I will visit it every morning. Um, For sure. Responsive design means it looks great on any device that someone can use to browse the web from a phone to a tablet to a laptop to a desktop. New feature they have in Squarespace 7 is a little simulator where you can see what your site will look like on any of those devices, even if you don't own them. That so, is a
0: great feature. I've been poking at that for my side hustle. Ah, uh,
1: You have a side hustle. We need to talk about that at some point, t- time <laughs> offline. Um, and also, I should say, we asked and uh, Mandy answered. Uh, she has a site on Squarespace called FixedBroke.com, which I have to admit I love the um, pun in mm-hmm. the title. And uh, it, she writes about books. And it's a Squarespace site. It looks great.
0: It does look great. The images are huge and beautiful. Squarespace is great for featuring images. That way, I'm looking at a post about Gabriel Garcia. Marquez. I, as am I. Yeah,
1: um,
0: it's a really pretty, and you can you you really can customize easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I had dinner with a friend last night who's thinking about starting a small business on the side as well, and we were talking about like, well, you need business cards, but you got to have something to put on yeah, your business right. cards, and this is a pretty low risk, you know, like. I end up registering domain names when it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) and I've maybe had a few drinks, Mm -hmm. and an idea sounds really great. Uh, So I register the domain name just in case, and then I set up a Squarespace for it. There you go. Just in case I want to do something with that thing, I'll have it um, for 8 bucks a month.
1: You know, I've been thinking about just doing a website just for myself. because we've had business card for Book Riot before, mm-hmm. and we and you know if you ever move or change your phone number or switch email addresses, if you just have a website that's you know um, Jeff O'Neill, Jeff O'Neill.me or whatever, that wouldn't be yours. Right. You would get, you know, whatever your name is. Uh, not as good as jeffronneal.me, but whatever it might be, you would get that. And you could put that on your business card. And you don't have to worry about, oh, does that have my new contact information on there? Because presumably that will be your internet home base. You can update your information there really easily. Uh, Mandy here, she has a blog about books. It looks like she offers some writing and editing services. She includes some clips, um, her own press and things that she's done, review policy, contact All the nice things, really nice site, Mandy. So if you want to see what's possible, uh, it's a very clean site. And I don't mean to um, besmirch Mandy's efforts here, but it, this is not the kind of thing that takes a lot of time to do. You can futz with it as much you want, mm-hmm. but nice thing about Squarespace's templates is that they look great yeah, out of the box.
0: spend your time on your content and not worry yes. about your site design.
1: Or your next domain registration. <laughs> that will end up to be a bad idea.
0: That's a secret Tumblr that we should have. is no. that Bad idea domain names that we have registered
1: yeah, that's I saw really you on one.
0: the Twitter yesterday talking about how the secret to having good ideas <laughs> is having bad ones, and I couldn't help but notice that that came after we spent a few hours on the phone together. Yes.
1: I have a, uh, have a lot of bad ideas. We have a lot of bad ideas. From I try to pull a couple diamonds from the, yeah. the coal.
0: that's I. Uh, if you like any of the things that we do at Book Riot, you should assume that a hundred really yes. bad ideas came before that good idea happened.
1: Oh, there's a lot of dirty laundry on the <laughs> our mind floors. <laughs> that is, I'm trying to decide if that's a mixed metaphor or well,
0: you know, you let me help
1: you out. That's awesome, <gasps> is what that is. <laughs> Well, that's unquestionably.
0: Just give me a moment to acknowledge your greatness. Yeah,
1: that's fine. <laughs> um, if you'd like to do more than acknowledge it, you could take out a product placement for my aw- awesomeness the ebook if you wanted to. Oh, I can't believe this story. I, I'm a this, gog
0: and aghast.
1: Uh, no, not aghast because it's like horrified. This is just like. Shock of that there this goes is a my lay
0: is reference. Well, Jeff. I know
1: we got to get through all the uh early yeah, this, 90s Broadway hits. Here. Wait,
0: and speaking of early 90s, this feels like a story from the early 2000s, yes. like this is the bad idea committee recycled.
1: Um, so here's the deal uh, this was a story in the Times this week, and I don't even know where to start with this. So, this is a company, the company's called Rosetta Books, and what they've basically done is they struck a deal with Sweet and Low. To yeah, and so Rosetta Books is an independent publisher. Independent publisher that their pub, uh, Rosetta Books is publishing a novel. Let's see, what's it called here? It's
0: called "Find Me,
1: I'm Yours." Find Me, I'm Yours, and as part of the deal, Sweet and Lo is paying them get this uh, one point three million American <laughs> dollars <laughs> so for many. product placement in the three hundred and fifty. Six page story and subtle and not so subtle ways, the Times says. <laughs> so here's one example. This is dialogue. I'm just going to read this. Oh, uh, I hello. Wait. This is a, quote, a quotation. Hello. Isn't it bad for you? The friend asks. Mags replies that she has researched the claims online and found studies showing that the product is safe. They fed lab rats like 2,500 packets of Sweet and Low a day, and still the FDA or the EPA or the whatever's agency oh, couldn't connect the dots from any kind of cancer in humans to my party in a packet. <laughs> Can you believe this? <laughs> I thought this uh, this should be on the onion <laughs> party in
0: a packet. Is like um, the, that's the best worst copy I've ever read.
1: Cumberland. This it's, is brought to you by Cumberland Packing, which is the parent company of Sweet and Low, based here in Brooklyn. Uh, and th- that's it. So. <laughs>
0: Much has been made of like, you're ruining art with commerce mm. over this. But this thing was conceived to be, Find Me, I'm Yours, was conceived to be filled with sponsored content from the very beginning. And it's not just a 356 page mm-hmm. ebook. The author, um, whose name is Hilary Carlip. Hillary uh,
1: Coca-Cola Carlip. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, created, wrote the ebook, but then also registered and created 33 different websites that support the book. And so like the main character of the book writes for an online bridal magazine. And so if you are a reader in the story, you can click on Bridalville within the context of the story and it will take you to like an actual real life built out version of Mm -hmm. the bridal humor website where mags works and you can read articles and watch videos or you can visit freak4 the number 4 mypet.com which is a site where within the story her ex-boyfriend posts photos of their dog um, the ebook also features videos of an actor portraying a stranger that's part of some scavenger hunt mm. and all of those um tertiary sites are uh, intended to host advertising and sponsored content as well i did some math this yeah. week yeah Find me, I'm yours has taken four hundred thousand dollars to develop. Mm-hmm. The publisher, Rosetta Books, also created 15,000 cards that can be handed out to encourage people, like basically postcards that yeah. advertise the ebook. has a
1: special enjoy. code on it so you can right. go enter the so, code and get it. Right. This is much blowing Jeff. We like, blowing, we like Jeff. that. We yeah, like that you one. Can,
0: you can download a book. Yeah, I know. So 15,000 of those. If we assumed for a second that those 15,000 cards were the only promotion that was being paid for mm-hmm. for this book – so maybe all fifteen you know, like in the, you know, imaginary perfect world, all fifteen thousand people download this ebook. It gets fifteen thousand readers. For one point three million dollars, sweet and low just paid eighty-six dollars per person.
1: The ebook itself is going to cost six ninety-nine.
0: Do you know how much sweet and low a person has to buy to make it worth the company's eighty-six dollars?
1: I think if you ate $86 worth of sweet and low, maybe you would get cancer. I, I I don't I shouldn't say that. Well, there's the, the, yeah, the, 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 the medical that, claims. That, that is a satirical point, not intended to be used to actual decision making. <laughs> when
0: there was a there's a novel out right now called Sweetness Number Nine that is a satirical yes take on this where like a scientist develops a scientist is responsible for developing something that is basically sweet and low, mm. and um year like three decades later his family are overweight and sick and depressed and. He he is trying to suss out whether they're overweight and sick and depressed and just generally like filled with existential angst because it's the culture or because maybe it's a side effect of the fact that sweetness number nine is in everything. Um, this just... Who... Well, I was about to say who thought this was a good idea, but we know who thought it was a good Sweet idea. Sweet and low. Steven Eisenstadt, the president and chief executive of Cumberland Packing, said he saw Find Me, I'm Yours as a way to reach younger female consumers and to combat, quote, latent myths about the health risks associated with artificial sweeteners.
1: Mm, well, let me say, okay. This is what
0: happens when, like, rich old people who don't understand the internet listen to people who just want to take their money. Like...
1: $1.3 million is blood money. I mean, that is a that is a serious chunk of change. I mean, this, I don't this know is, how like, you can think of this as getting...
0: If you're on the board for Sweet and Low, I think you're thinking now that this that Stephen Eisenstadt or whoever signed off on this was not fiscally responsible <laughs> with your investment. To
1: give you an idea of how much <laughs> advertising, $1.3 million could get you, basically you could buy every single... Book riot ad slot of anything we do in 2014 for less than that, mm-hmm. and quite a bit less than that. Let's—I should even say—I mean, I, I, you know who you know who I need to talk to. Who was the silver-tongued Lothario that talked <laughs> him into the? I mean, that is a hell of a <laughs> well, job. Was it Glenn Gary Glenn? You Rollick? know what, Who was Gloria Gecko? It Gekko?
0: seems like someone should be offering Hillary Carlip a job because it seems yeah. like it's this that she's the author, and it seems like this was her. Idea. It's unclear from the New York Times piece who right. conceived of this, um, but she not any not just any author would have the skills to build out thirty three different websites to tie into. Well, if you have four hundred thousand
1: dollars, you can hire some money in their books.
0: Right, that's true.
1: Um, okay, so let's take this just a couple piece by piece. One. <laughs> the just the very idea of product placement in books i don't have a problem with myself i mean i you know i i don't know how well it would work and blah 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 but i'm used to it in movies and tv mm-hmm. shows and a lot of books do mention names of cars and brands and whatever and if you got a few grand to switch out volvo for volkswagen whatever and it like, doesn't
0: make a difference to your story it doesn't seem to make a not? difference
1: to your story um uh, but again, and I try not to be a snob, and it works sometimes, and other times it fails miserably. And I've maybe this is one of those second times. But that paragraph I read, yeah, if I read that, if I if I didn't know this was happening, uh, I would throw this metaphorically across my mind floor. This I is. Mean, I, uh,
0: it's just super bad idea, committee. It's insulting to readers, like, that Stephen Eisenstadt thinks this is the way to reach young female readers. Like, ugh. I mean,
1: I understand Sweet and Low's position because I, I, who who do you know that's in our ballpark that uses Sweet and Low? I, I mean, I think there is stigma around it. For mm-hmm. better or worse, I don't know. And I, I wouldn't trust just this, this um, throwaway dialogue here to make my decisions off of. But, you know. Yeah, it's. I it, wonder, should they have some sort of warning on this kind of thing? Like, see, some of the information in this has been well, paid for by. Right, a, see,
0: that's what. I wonder if there's disclosure. Like, you know, we do sponsored content on Book yeah. Riot, but we mark everything really clearly. This is sponsored content. Mm-hmm. And. We try to make sure that every piece of sponsored content is useful to readers, whether they care about the product that's being advertised or not. But that disclosure that this book appears here because someone paid for it to be here, I think, is really important. Yeah, and it sh- there needs to be something like on the cover page, uh, on the inside flap or whatever of sweet of this novel that says, or when you open up the ebook that says, you know, some product placement is paid for, or this, you know, pieces of this are sponsored by sweet and low the way that you see like promotional consideration Mm -hmm. provided by at the start of a TV show. And it's just really, this is clunky and inelegant as product placement goes. Like what you were saying, I'm fine with like watching Liz Lemon eat a certain type of Cheeto on air rather than a different type of potato chip. If that was, you know, who paid for it and it doesn't affect the story that Liz is eating Cheetos and not Ruffles. Like Mm -hmm. that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. But if Liz Lemon went on a dialogue rampage about how great Cheetos were and even though <laughs> people thought they were unhealthy, it actually really is healthy. And this is, you know, I looked up all the data. Like that's that's just not a good way to do your advertising. Mm. Like have your you know, people often like, you know, we use a uh, Microsoft has been paying for the surface to show up on TV. And I, I think mean, I've FL even seen and it on,
1: on par- CNN and yeah, a bunch yeah, of Yeah, I've
0: seen places. it, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on Parks and Rec. Um
1: Oh yeah, and the Mindy project is a bunch yeah, of Microsoft stuff in So it.
0: they just it, but it just sits there and a character you you know, needs to use their computer and or their tablet the or something. maybe the camera
1: lingers a bit, right. a bit or two longer. Right. I mean, and it, okay, but it just have, don't like, love it, but whatever. Like
0: the character was going to use a piece of technology at that moment anyway, and it just so happens to be that the piece of technology they're using is the Microsoft mm. Surface instead of
1: something else. Well, because like if this, if she was just putting sweet or coffee instead of sugar... Right,
0: right, that's okay. fine. Okay, no, like, I sure. mean, no big deal. Sure, um, that's fine. And one of our readers... Um, Tanya Perez asked on Twitter about maybe the reverse possibility like if this becomes a thing which dear sweet lord I hope it doesn't dear it, but,
1: sweet and low baby jesus like, we hope I will not.
0: sacrifice uh, so many goats to the book gods if it t- to keep it from being like this like drop names of products all you want but can mm-hmm. we please not be subjected to terrible dialogue but Tanya was wondering what happens then if an author, you know, just has a character using a product because that's one way to ground your characters in a certain time and place, um, and it's not a positive mention or the brand perceives it as not a positive mention? Then does an author become like liable for perceived damage to their brand?
1: Uh, that I think is covered. Yeah. Um, but you you know that these manuscripts are now being read by and screwed with by the company, so it's not just like yeah, we'll throw in a mention. They're like making sure that, you know, the person who's talking about like, it is a good person when, and they don't do, you know, yeah, like, like they don't in, you know, cheat on somebody because that means cheaters use sweet, you know, like the whole thing.
0: Right. The dialogue feels like it was written by the sweet and low people. Um, and in my experience, it's generally not great to let your advertisers write the copy, no. even though they always want to. Yeah. Um uh, this
1: oh it's just already in a packet. I know. I just...
0: Like, Party in a Packet is a t-shirt that a douchey guy wears to a...
1: Yes, that wears a, 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 on a pier at a beach. <laughs> no.
0: While everyone around him is dressed in all white.
1: Uh, all right.
0: I just are on a yacht.
1: Um. Let's just, see, is there just, anything else here? I'm trying I to think, really click on Brideville. Well,
0: I will say, I think the upshot is that literature is not doomed Mm. And we're not going to be damning the future of art by introducing commerce because, spoiler alert, publishing has always been about commerce.
1: <laughs> Marin character rides a Vespa and drinks Red Bull. Um, the companies behind those products are not sponsors. So,
0: yeah. I don't well, know. Brands show up in stuff. They do because characters do things out in the world unless you want to make up a bunch of brands that people won't recognize or relate to. You're Here's kind of what
1: Steve says stuff. at the end. Uh, it seemed like a more modern version of product placement on TV. They're cleverly and carefully having a product written to this story. <coughs> Sorry, I just got the truth <laughs> caught in my throat. Um, in but way, doing it the, in a way that didn't tarnish the integrity of the piece.
0: Oh, Steve, let's talk about integrity. This seems like, you know, in the Truman Show, how... There's product placement yes. within the show that they're making in the Truman Show. That, and that's really clunky, but it's done because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like Truman's mom has to hold up a certain kind of laundry detergent and smile about it. it. This seems like that. Like that's a parody. And this is real life stuff that looks like parody unintentionally, which is just the worst.
1: 1.3 million dollars.
0: If someone I mean, would like I to pay us one point three million dollars, I'll switch coffee brands.
1: I'll change my name that. to Sweet and Low for a while. <laughs> but man, it'll be—you know what—that would be—that would be more elegant. You're than this
0: already solution. in my contact, this Sweet and Low.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here we go. Let's get away from that. Um, but uh, kind of related to this, um, Rita Weaver on Twitter um, showed, uh, sent us, or mentioned us mm-hmm. in a tweet where she said. She got a bookmark into one of her paperbacks from that she bought from Barnes and Noble it's called a sync up offer where you can get a 499 ebook with a print purchase of that book Yeah, that's all we know about it. We're looking for a link. We can't, I I don't know why we don't know about it. If anyone should know about this, we should know about this.
0: Rita and I are friends on Facebook and she, so she's showed me the photo also. And it's a table in a Barnes and Noble of must read paperbacks. Mm. And then it has, it's a sync up exclamation point with the little trademark sign. And it tells you, you, if you buy one of the print books off this table, you get a $4.99 ebook. I went Googling this morning, like Mm. what is Barnes and Noble? (laughs) Sync sync up, up
1: exclamation point.
0: Barnes and Noble doesn't say anything about it anywhere on the internet. Oh, no one else does anything about it. The best, like I tried all the variations. I'm a pretty good Googler, and the closest that I came is that there is a book called Sync Up that you can buy a Nook edition of.
1: No, that's not. That's not what we're looking for. So
0: I'm gonna trot down to Barnes and Noble this morning mm. when we're done with our quality time here together and find out what I can find out. But
1: so if you've if you've done this, if you're yeah, out there, yeah, us no. And try this, let us know how easy, clunky, otherwise um e the, the process was. dollars uh, four ninety nine that's skin there.
0: Yeah. That's I don't close. I, I think that's a pretty good ebook price and it's way better than the front list ebook prices for like most things that are out in paperback now is what, like fifteen bucks, sixteen bucks for a paperback that's not on yeah. sale and those same ebooks are 999 to 1199.
1: Oh, you know what? While, while we're talking about this, this is just this is just a pure gift to our readers right here. Um we have deals.bookride.com and I scour the web for the best ebook deals of the day right now, and I don't know how long this will be, but there's two that you should check out for sure if you haven't already. Station Eleven by Emily Mandel. Is five ninety yes, nine five ninety yes, nine. Yes, yes. so um, this is going to segue into our next topic a little bit, so that you can get that. I think it's available for all major American ebook retailers, but I know right now it's available for Amazon. Also, Broken Monsters by Lauren Bucus Bucus Bucus. That is four ninety nine right now on Amazon.
0: And right now, one of my very favorite books ever was on sale for two ninety nine this week. But I'm checking to see if it's still. Oh, it, on I think sale it is. I think it is. <laughs> While talking.
1: Um, okay. So Sorry those are, t- those are just two, if you're out there and you've got <gasps> oh, five bucks to blow.
0: Yes. So also the crimson petal and the white by Michelle Faber mm-hmm. is two ninety nine from Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
1: And the, the movie goer by Walker Percy, which is a classic yeah. mid century novel. If you're into literary fiction and that's one you haven't read, that's like often on the 50 greatest, you know, American novels list. That's a dollar 99. So anyway,
0: you got good choices.
1: None of those are sponsors. I should yes, say
0: they're not. I wrapped. Uh, oh, I waxed rhapsodic about the book of strange new things by Michelle Faber last mm. week, which is new, but the crimson petal and the white is an amazing. Yes.
1: It's a novel. load though. 922 pages.
0: So you get 922 pages for two ninety-nine. That's
1: a good deal. Anyway, you slice it. Also, oh, 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 the knife of never letting go by <laughs> Patrick Ness is also $1.99 <laughs> through the end of the, the end of the month. That's the chaos walking trilogy. The first yeah. book. The, actually, quite a bit. You may may actually do a post just wrapping all the best ones up because those have been been available for a while. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is uh, first dibs to you guys listening right now. Okay, yeah, check some, it out. Speaking, and when you
0: see good deals, let us know. Yeah,
1: let let us know. Okay. Speaking of uh, the books of the year, Goodreads is trying to use some data to determine the it book of the year. Okay. I, I got into not an argument, but talking with some people on Twitter the other day about what it means <laughs> to be the it book because it, it's demonstrably not sort of quote-unquote, the best book of the year, right? That's that's right. not what it's about. Yeah, it's it's not like
0: a, it's about buzz. Buzz. Right.
1: People are talking Who, what, about yeah. it, blah, blah, People blah. People are
0: talking. Um,
1: so at Goodreads, they've got a bunch of data. So they, here's the limitations they're using to look at their data. To account for the fact that Internet is statistically too high in the first couple of months after publication, we only looked at books published between January and August. So that means... I don't, that's weird because september october november mm-hmm. giant times but what they're trying to do is like the books being talked about now are because they've been they're out right now so yep. they're trying to uh, find sustained buzz average number of searches per month um they looked at standalone titles so that you know it's it's hard to be an it book as a way we conventionally conceive of it. Mm-hmm. It's like the third, like the end of a trilogy or something like that. Cause there's a bunch of built in.
0: Yeah. That's a hard place to come in as a reader. Yeah.
1: And I think we've talked, we've mentioned all of these books on the show, at least in our new book segment. So the mm-hmm. ones they picked out so far, we were Liars by um, Eowyn Lockhart. Is that her first name? I don't know. I only know her as E, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Uh, Rainbow Rowell there you did get go. It? Did I get it? I stuck yep. the landing. Landline. She always says
0: rhyme with towel. Towel.
1: Towel. Uh, I stuck the landline, you might say. Uh, oh. That's on there. All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. And this is what actually, did we talk about Lion Moriarty's Big Little Lies? I don't think um, we've mentioned that on the show. I
0: have not. But I just was asking um, on our internal network with contributors about great books that they were into for the next um mm. For something. Now I don't remember what it was. Oh, books that are coming out in that November. stoked about. And one of them mentioned that she really, really loved Big Little Lies. So it has at least one vote from Team Book Riot.
1: And then, then Sue Monk Kids, The Invention of Wings, which came way back out in January. Yeah.
0: And then there are these other contenders that are recent publications after that August window closed. Yes. And that's The Bone Clocks, Station Eleven. The Paying Guests by Sarah Waters, and I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson, which I've not heard of.
1: Uh, not, I think I've seen the cover just because it's a striking. It's, yeah, it's uh, a striking cover. I thought we might do our own little what we think, and so they've got data and they're talking about mm. you know uh, maybe just using what we've seen online, and um, we also see a lot of back chatter among and, the book riot contributors. I got to go with Station Eleven.
0: You know, I think right now, for sure, yeah. And- and there's a ton of buzz about Station Eleven. These things are so hard at the end of the year because yeah. like, like they acknowledge in this Goodreads post that books that have been out longer basically have a greater chance of being the it book because they've had a longer amount of mm-hmm. time to generate searches and for people to pay attention to them on Goodreads. And more recent novels don't have that. But the flip is that when people sit down to make their best books of the year list, right. the later, the books that come out later in the year are more recently read and so front of mind and so often best books of the year lists get like front loaded with things that came out in September well that's October.
1: what that does Oscars do the November. same thing right yeah, like and, the end of the like you want your you want your movie to come out at like at 11.59 p.m. December 31st essentially right,
0: right and publishers do that on purpose mm-hmm. um I think like for nonfiction, I think Liar, Temptress, Soldier, Spy by mm-hmm. Karen Abbott um, has been getting a ton of buzz, especially for a big work of narrative nonfiction. Where is Jeff Vandermeer? How is the Southern... Yeah, I, that, I think
1: television? that must be not as widely read as it is in our little bubble. Mm-hmm. I just and it's think also...
0: The, oh, and it's also a series. series so maybe uh, that yeah. knocked it out. But the
1: whole thing... I mean, also maybe the whole series is getting attenuated because they all three came out mm-hmm. this year. Um I, you know, a couple others that weren't mentioned here, I'd say The Martian by Andy yeah. Weir is one that's that mm-hmm. came out in January from Crown. Also, was like self published before, so there could be a lot of that they didn't have like that big drop. Yeah. Sort of like the bone clocks, right? That was a big deal right. and it came out all at once. Big Broken plug.
0: Monsters has, yeah. there's been a lot of buzz. Oh, Euphoria by Lily King. A um, little bit more of a sleeper hit, but she just won the first Kirkus Fiction Award and got like $50,000. Yeah, that's
1: good. Uh, you know, the paying guests they have on there, you know, one that's not on here, but when it was out new, a bunch of us were reading it and loved it, was Boy Snow Bird. Yes. By Bell Helen Oyeyemi, which I think mm-hmm. came out in February. Yeah,
0: I think that one suffers from, it came out so long ago, yeah. that People aren't thinking and about it wasn't it, a but,
1: summer book. it's not right. like a big book. it's a day de- is it was it oh a what about novel? um
0: and un- it, it's not a debut novel.
1: It's not okay. because okay. no, she remember. has
0: quite a backlist actually.
1: she I, I need to dive into that maybe over a break. I'll take a look at some
0: yeah, of there's the some there's some good stuff there. Um oh. An Untamed State by Roxane Untamed Day. State,
1: Bad Feminist. I, I had on my notes here as like yeah, so both that's of a nonfiction those. buzzy yeah. book.
0: Yeah, um, An Untamed State was my pick for best books we've read so far when we did mm. um, the like halfway right. the halftime show in June. Um, and I'll and I was not the only one. Who, oh, The Vacationers by Emma Straub uh, that had a lot of buzz.
1: Summer books tend to sort of. When the when the colder temperatures roll in, yeah, this big summer books that you know, I mean, the vacationers is obviously like that's a summer book. Mm-hmm. Um, tend to get um put into storage for the summer. I I think that I think we kind of covered the. Trying to think of what else. Um, I'm
0: cheating and looking at my. No, that's fine. That's not cheating. That's
1: not cheating. Uh, <laughs> let's see.
0: I wish Lila were on here. Yeah,
1: I know. That's that's a litfic nerd thing. You know, the Bone Clocks. I thought we had it in the bag. Yeah. Um, coming into the fall, but I think it's, it's more complicated, you know, like you need, like the last two years of Gone Girl and the Goldfinch. I don't think there's any question that Goodreads even says at the time. Yeah. Those are way, Gone Girl, there's some complication with it. And the Goldfinch has some ideas, but it doesn't do the kind of thing the Bone Clocks does in terms of difficult, mm-hmm. you know, difficulty is the wrong word, complexity.
0: But in terms of like, Gone Girl was a huge word of mouth phenomenon, yes. and th- the Goldfinch had so much anticipation. Yeah, Tar was a because, brand. and and it's been just forever since we had a new mm-hmm. Tart novel, and the Goldfinch is huge, and it's not perfect, but that thing just reads like a house on fire. Yes, like, it
1: does. Um, mm-hmm. Easy to, easy to yeah. slip into. A lot of people that are casual readers will find it and interesting.
0: I think that's the difference. Yeah.
1: That's there right. are not Absolutely.
0: a lot of people who are casual readers reading
1: the Bone Clocks. Nope.
0: It's not something that you're going to have like a friend of a friend who mentions or that you're going to hear about while you're getting your hair cut. You which, have a
1: friend that was like an English major, maybe. Right? Yeah. But right. But if they're not sort of a, you know a good reader, but a casual reader, I, I don't know that Bone Clocks is going to be the thing in front of mine. I think right. Station like, 11 I've recommended to people just yeah, so I know yeah. that like, books but my sister
0: was here visiting last weekend and she's a you know an interested reader but it's not her job um and station eleven when she texted me from the airport and said like what should I get? Mm. (laughs) I just ran out of books, what should I get? It was the first thing that I bought. That's a
1: good that's maybe a way of thinking about a nip book. Like the new books that like we're recommending to people we know who are, you know, they like a good book, but they're not sort of into the stuff like we are. Yeah. And if that's the case, it's The Martian for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I just, what did I just say? Oh, Station 11. Those yeah. are two. A friend of mine was flying to Jamaica this week and he's like, what should I read? And bang, those are the ones that came mm-hmm. out. So,
0: yeah, Station um, 11. Oh, and Amy Poehler, yes, please.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you're in love. I mean, what you say? I'm
0: so in love.
1: You're, you're besmitten and besotted. I'm,
0: like writing haikus.
1: Um, so that, I think that was interesting. Let's also dovetail on um, interesting Goodreads things. Oh, let's do You know what? We should do the next sponsor. We're well into this. Uh, next sponsor, our friends at... Well, they're not our friends. That's what people say euphemistically when they say they've been sponsoring the show for a while. Mm-hmm. We like the people at Random House Audiobooks, but they're not really our friends. But they're back to sponsor the show. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard all about them. But let me say it again. Random House Audiobooks, go to tryaudiobooks.com. And what you can do there is you can enter in the, like the amount of time you have for an audiobook, or the particular craft project you're working on, or I'm sorry, if you're working mm-hmm. on a craft, you're gonna do some gardening, probably not now, going on a road trip. Um, I, you know, I've been asking people on Twitter and during the show like, what activities could you be doing and listening yeah. to an audiobook at the same time? Someone said, and this was great, and I don't have hair, so I don't know anything about this, <laughs> if you're getting ready to go out. Right. You put your phone down in the bathroom or if you've got a little speaker or a laptop or whatever, you can bring it in to the bathroom while you do your hair, your makeup or the other things that people aesthetically <laughs> modify um, to go out and be around other humans. What was that? Well, why, I why, why don't that hair. People do this, right? I've they seen do. it on television. Every
0: time that I put makeup on now, which is admittedly not frequent, I'm going to be thinking, and now it's time to aesthetically modify.
1: And mo- modify myself.
0: Interact with other humans. Yes,
1: right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very sort of um, anthropological <laughs> way of thinking about yeah,
0: it. I, I've been listening to audiobooks while I cook lately, which is not a thing that I had done before. And this is because of Amy Poehler, which is not a Random House audiobook. Mm. Um, but. I have sort of, I think I was telling you offline, like I have a, a couple albums that I listen to when I'm cooking different things that take different amounts of time wow. because I discovered by accident that those albums are like the right length for my whole kitchen process. Like <laughs> uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, 100 mm. Days, 100 Nights is exactly how long it takes me to like chop all the vegetables and prepare a roast chicken and put it in the oven. Um, That's interesting. Amy Winehouse, uh, Back to Black is another one of those but I think you could do it like especially with Thanksgiving coming mm-hmm. up if you know roughly how much time you're going to spend standing in your kitchen you can go to tryaudiobooks.com and find yourself an audiobook to listen to while you cook and that might give you at least it would give me a little extra sanity mm. and reprieve from all the other holiday family interaction stuff If like at least the time that you're standing yeah in the kitchen, focusing on all those details.
1: Someone, uh, speaking of uh, aesthetically modifying, um, someone, oh, I think it was Rachel Ferschlizer mentioned on (laughs) Twitter that she listens to audiobooks and podcasts in the shower. And I know a lot of people do Hmm. listen to Mm -hmm. music and stuff in the shower. You can get those little, uh, you know, Brookstone, Sharper Image, Waterproof, whatever's, um, and put them on there. So that'd be another place if you spend a lot of time in the bath, shower.
0: Yeah, Um, Jody Cromey, who's a Book Riot contributor, is a long-time Bath audiobook ah,
1: listener. And she a,
0: a couple years ago she wrote a post about something that she oh, yeah. listened to that was so moving that she was, you know, like taking a bubble bath and weeping. Which
1: How Victorian sounds, of her.
0: It sounds really cathartic. Yeah. I would kind of like to do that <laughs> later. <laughs>
1: uh so go to try audiobooks.com today, latest bestseller, find something new. Thanks so much for them sponsoring the show. Oh,
0: have a recommendation.
1: oh I, I you know, I was gonna say, um, now that we're coming to the end of the year. Andy Weir reads The Martian on -hmm. the audiobook, and he did it himself, I think, even before he got his publishing gig with uh, Crown, which is uh, part of Random House. And they kept it as the audiobook. And it's great. So that's one that people can uh, go listen to. That's a page turner. That's one, if you get started on the audiobook or the page, yep. you're going to want to be listening to that in the shower, in the bath.
0: The, like the universal story when that book started running through Just the staying up all night contributor reading, communities yeah. with somebody every day would pop up and be like, oh, well, my
1: day is the day to be tired because I yeah. read The Martian last <laughs> right. night. Right.
0: Yesterday, Peter was the one who was tired because <laughs> of The Martian. And so I started The Martian... <laughs> Last night, and then it's like I until like three a.m. and reading
1: cold. <laughs> right?
0: But things do like that's yeah. it's things do get contagious within our little community, and that that happened with the Martian. Right down to our um, our worker Clint, who works on the operation side mm-hmm. of things and doesn't get as much reading time. But when Clint tells me that he has stayed up way past his bedtime reading, I know like we're now we're on to something.
1: Yeah, Um let's go back to the uh, the Goodreads part of the map. Um, they're also, their voting is open for best books of 2014. Say what you will about the best books creep. Um, mm-hmm. this is, this, this one, at least there's a lot of voting and there's rounds and, you know, it takes oh, a little yeah. bit of time. I'm like I don't fine. begrudge this.
0: You can start your voting in November, but, uh. I think Christmas Creep is a real thing. Yes. And there were a couple of publications. Yeah, that issued, Publishers
1: Weekly gets the black coal in their stocking for, I think and, they were the first one out And
0: Library Gate. Journal did their best books of the year last week as mm. well, when it was still October.
1: Yeah. No, that's it not just, okay.
0: This is not acceptable.
1: Already, there have been 927,263 votes cast. And I'm sure if I refresh my browser, a couple more Goodreads. will be on there. I thought we might take a look at some of our favorite genres yeah. and just pick. Um, let's start... Hmm. Want to
0: start with fiction? No, nah, I got to
1: end there. Uh, uh, let's uh-huh. see. Let's go with just general nonfiction. Okay. What would you pick out of these? Let oh, I'm, they're logging me they in. Look, there Great. we go. Thanks a lot. Um, there's a bunch. There's. I guess there's about uh, fifteen picks. But I don't think I've. Ever, oh, bad feminist is on there.
0: Yeah, bad feminist is the only one of these fifteen. You know,
1: Swapna was talking about Tulgaunda. I'm, I'm just. I'm just taking Gaw- a stab yeah. at the name. Being Be mortal. mortal. Um, I've read
0: his other books. I, I'm oh,
1: I'm listening to, to The up. Innovators by Walter Isaacson mm. right now. And Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit. Yeah. I've heard nothing but interesting things about it. I have there. that
0: one queued up for a read soon. Oh, and What If by Randall Monroe, who created XKCD, um, mm. which is a look at absurd hypothetical questions and then the actual scientific answers to those. That's really fun and funny. I've looked at parts of it because it's on Oyster. Ah. Um, because Oyster is doing some front list now.
1: I know. They're getting into it, man. They're really they're really going after it. So
0: I can only really speak for a bad feminist because that's yeah. the only one of these fifteen. I'm that only I've halfway
1: had. through the innovators. And the bad feminist and the innovator are just so different that it's yeah. hard to even I, I wish there was an essays and category. Bad huh.
0: feminist I thought was really good, but not gr- as great as I
1: hoped. Oh, okay. Like, Interesting.
0: Yeah, there's Roxanne is so smart. There's just a little repetition, Mm -hmm. and and I think some of it's just personal preference stuff. Like I I like my theory to be mostly like theory and commentary with a little bit of the person, and she writes Uh, so much of her personality into it. Sure, but I think the flip is that there are a ton of people that like that is what they love about her, and that's part of why the book was huge. But it's definitely worth a read.
1: Let's go to yeah. The the way they break these up doesn't really doesn't yeah, really lend I, itself to my reading.
0: Yeah, last year we did the, like, well, like, so The Martian is one of the science fiction. Yeah,
1: historical fiction. Final.
0: Let's take a look.
1: Euphoria by Lily King, Sarah Waters, The Paying Guests.
0: Oh, they put euphoria in historical fiction? Yeah, they did. That's interesting.
1: Um, All the Light We Cannot See is historical fiction.
0: Let's see. Of the sci-fi ones, I've read Man, Annihilation and The Martian.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm toast. Their humor.
0: What about food and cookbooks? No,
1: I mean, go for it. I just I haven't read anything in the food.
0: Oh, book. I've got one there, but it was really good.
1: Humor. Delancey
0: by Molly Weisenberg.
1: Humor, they've got, it's kind of a murderer's row. You've got Poehler's book. Um, you've got People I Want to Punch in the Throat by Jen Mann. You've got Chelsea mm-hmm. Handler's book. You've got B.J novak's one more thing which came out in january you've got Linda Dunham's not that kind of girl is that humor BJ,
0: it's short stories one more thing is short stories
1: right but they're kind of funny right yeah well the serpent of venice by christopher moore is also a novel but it's a comic novel um this is it's tough it's tough yeah it is are, okay let's go to the oh, big never
0: boy. have i ever by katie haney that let's was great where the, are we going
1: fiction we're going to fiction the, the big boy Best picture in my... Mm. I mean, because they put, they put Raoul... I guess that Landline's adult. Oh, so they tig- hey, wow, this is great. <laughs> this Lyla, is a great. The Book of Unknown Americans, Tiger Redeployment
0: Man. by Phil Clay, which I really, mm, really no, love.
1: This year, you got Station Eleven. You've got Atwood, Sleepwalker's Guide to Dancing by Mary Jacob. That's a debut novel. You've
0: got An Untamed State, Tiger Man by Nick Harkaway.
1: Mm, I, this is a great list.
0: Margaret Atwood's Stone Mattress. You know, and
1: they did a good job. There's some nice um, diversity here.
0: And... I wish that short stories had their own. Yeah, I
1: agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah,
0: let's see. That's a, that is a thing. I you love know,
1: Tiger man. That's a book that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about. I feel like Tiger
0: man will explode in paperback. Like I just
1: think it okay, will. Okay. Well, now why do you say that?
0: It's, Harkaway's name is not that big yet, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I really wish that it were. Tiger Man is a breakout in terms of his style and craft, I think. Like, I loved his first two books, but Tiger Man felt like something that was a whole other level up. But it's also a really big book. Like It mm-hmm. looks kind of, it's like 500-ish pages, maybe more. And so it, it looks intimidating to pick up. In hardcover, I if I had to bet money, I would bet that the paperback comes out with a more commercial, less uh, stylized it's kind cover. Of this kind of a pulpy, yeah,
1: cover, yeah.
0: And that they'll tap to instead of Harkaways hardcore base that wanted to read Tiger Man. They're gonna, I think they'll
1: use that to try to tap out too. I wonder what's gonna win this because this is voting, right? Yeah, so, I mean. Um, I mean, he got, it's hard to discount the Murakami hordes if you're that's thinking voting, um,
0: station. Well, so the more recent publications probably mm-hmm.
1: have an edge station here 11 because be interesting. Top of
0: mind, I rainbow Rowell is hard mm, to go up against in yes, any category
1: and people love that book. Yeah. Like, and it, yeah, that's it. a
0: great book. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a, probably a pretty good pick. I think uh, David
0: Mitchell could maybe take it. Roxane Gay could maybe take it.
1: Yeah, that I mean, Goodreads tends to go towards commercial fiction just because there's so many people like that's right. So, I mean, I think you'd be smart to pick. If you um, get to cast Raoul. one foot on this page, what's the? Well, see, I haven't. Re- I mean, I haven't read as many of these as I have in many years. I mean. God, Lila's so good.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking this morning that pretty soon we're going to do the behind the scenes. Everybody makes their picks for the best book of the year. And that you're oh. going to have to like arm wrestle over who gets Marilyn Robinson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be ugly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I have a hard time going against Lila. I think, I think a, a strong case for, um, uh, what's her name? Come on, Jeff. I, I guess I'll scroll up and look at it. Uh, Christina Henriquez, The Book mm-hmm. of Unknown Americans. I really like that book. Yeah. Um, I don't – it's, it's – it's it's again, it comes down to personal preference. Oh, and, you know,
0: Jojo Moyes is on here for One Plus One. Oh, yeah. That's not my bag, but lots, lots of Lots of people like
1: that book, man.
0: And one of – I think one of her books – Won a Goodreads thing last year, hmm. or at least it was nominated. Those covers, her covers all kind of ha- are in the these same, like
1: fluid scripty right, stuff. It's like the
0: same style, but a different Was it color. one
1: more thing? It's red with white letters. Yeah.
0: Right? There, she had two out last year, and I remember seeing them on a bunch of the end of year lists. Hmm. On oh, the storied life of A.J. Fickery, that was great. Like... There's
1: yeah that got a lot of like it popped when it came out a lot of people talking about it but it hasn't had legs uh too that's much true. and that doesn't mean anything here just in terms of talking about
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Be um, interesting. It'll be interesting.
1: interesting. It'll be very interesting to see um I mean I like that there is so I mean they do good reads picture books young adult fantasy middle uh-huh. grade so they really break it down. Um, like that a little bit. Uh, so, you could, there's a lot of good books all the way around. You know, the romance one is interesting because they put the Gabaldon in there. Yeah. Um, and up against, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm screenshotting that and sending it to my mom so I can be like, look, it really is romance.
1: Yeah. Eat it, mom. Um, Let's <laughs> just gonna take a look at young Adult because that's, you know, people are interested in that too. That, I guess the We Were Liars has broken out to some degree. Um let me take. Yeah, a look. lot of these other ones, again, as sort of a sort of a passive um, uh, payer of attention to to young adult. I don't know that there's been a big breakout YA book.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that they break out young adult fiction from young adult fantasy because so yeah, there's so much overlap. We realize Young
1: adult fantasies are big breakout books. Um, Not oh really.
0: Oh, Lori Hulse Anderson, The Impossible Knife of Memory. Like mm. she's a she's a big deal, Lauren Oliver. interesting. Oh, I'll give you The Sun, which is one of those um it books or potential ah. it books from the previous story. That's YA. I
1: guess Hollow City, the Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Children yeah. number 2 from Ransom Riggs that's a big I mean that mm-hmm. sold a million oh, copies Oh Crest
0: by Marissa Meyer that series that that, mm, that that's right. in that's about like remade futuristic fairy tales um Delaney Taylor Gods and Monsters that series is huge
1: mm-hmm. debut authors this is interesting I mean, I would, I'd click on comics and graphic novels, but it's saga till you die over there. (laughs) Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng is on the debut. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, That's a
0: buzzy book. That is. That is a buzzy book.
1: Um, Uh, The Pearl That Broke Its Shell by Nadia Hashimi. That's on the main fiction list as well. So there is some duping um, going on. Oh,
0: that's interesting. I wonder if you can dupe only because uh, for the debut.
1: Maybe, maybe so. That would make sense. Yeah interesting uh, let's see the memoir and autobiography is an interesting category um did you read um smoke it's in your eyes
0: I did I really loved it yeah that's but but I have that um smoke it's in your eyes is by a a pretty young woman who is a um an undertaker uh-huh. and that she's like i think late 20s early 30s and so it's about like being a woman in this profession but also like what attracted her to being an undertaker and she has this like sort of brash unapologetic voice about even the really gross things about it but also really thoughtful um things about the importance of that job and the people that you interact with who are at a very delicate you know emotionally mm-hmm. vulnerable moment in their lives because they've lost someone and so what the real significance of it is and how thinking about Death and dying and families, and being around death and dying every day has shaped her. Um, her name's Caitlin Dowdy. And I thought it was fantastic, but I, that's a kryptonite of mine is mm-hmm. books about the funeral industry. But it's it's great. She's funny and
1: smart. Um, the apparently, I'm the kind of person that can speak copiously about the best business books of 2014. Now that's what I've turned into. <laughs> my 17 year old self is firing up the DeLorean to come get me <laughs> a, as we speak. But um, let's see.
0: Oh, I've read some of these too. Let's look uh, at those.
1: Creativity Incorporated by Ed Catmull. I've talked about before. I think that was my pick for the halfway. Moment, uh, mm-hmm. really interesting mm-hmm. book. Both about you get the history of Pixar, but what they do over there to sort of um, keep yeah. a studio atmosphere in a in a giant multi billion dollar mega corporation. Yeah.
0: I really like Speak Sh- oh, Like a Freak by the Freakonomics. I, yeah, I've never guys. gotten into
1: those. I probably should do that. Show Your Work by Austin Kleon is really super interesting as well. If you're a creative type person, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Um, it's about being a CEO and running a company, which I'm interested in. The Piketty. There yeah, it is. I don't think
0: the Piketty's going to go real far.
1: That, you know what's not on here is that freaking what's his name? My struggle. Where's that guy? Osgard? Oh, Nausgaard. Everyone we know in Brooklyn has been talking about that, but it hasn't made it. There's no That's essay category. What, that I guess.
0: is the well. I think it would be a memoir. He would yeah. if he were going to get nominated, he'd get nominated in memoir. But I think the story with that is like the publisher decided that these books were going to be. A big deal, and did a great job with publicity and a a good job. Like, there's a lot of advertising money, but the secret is that like no one really
1: cares. No, I've seen people say this. I haven't read Jason Cockey over at (laughs) Cockey.org. I mean, he's anyway. I mean, I've. You might be right.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think a handful of people really care about the NASCAR, but mostly it's the thing that we're talking about because the publisher put it in the hands of Mm -hmm. you know booksellers who would be a good fit for it. But like the only people that I've seen really talking about. It
1: are okay, sure. booksellers
0: and industry Conceited. people and the reviewers at the New York Times.
1: Uh, let's um, see.
0: Oh, Michael Flash or Michael oh, Flashboys. Flash
1: Boys, that I have on audio that I haven't started yet. That's about. Hyper fast Wall Street trading and everything mm-hmm. that's going to that. Um, so I haven't
0: read that yet either, but I really he's
1: he is reliable that guy straight. knows how to write a nonfiction book. Yeah. So those are those are there's a bunch of other categories. that we I'm sad that don't there's get not into.
0: just a Mary Roach book every year to put in <laughs> stuff like this? I, I
1: was thinking that about. Uh, oh, I don't. I can't remember. I was like, yeah, isn't there a oh, <laughs> uh, Mieville. Because you could put that, in, you could pick like nine different categories. When he's medieval. so
0: prolific and fast, that there's usually a medieval. yeah. It's
1: been a while since Railsea. Wasn't that the most recent one?
0: No, there was um, r- C- Kraken, and then there was one after Kraken.
1: Oh, I see. I'm I got them all mixed up. I haven't been on Mieville from the beginning, so I I get the mm-hmm. chronology. I thought yeah. Railsea was the most recent one.
0: Oh, I don't think it is. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it's all right. It's, it's possible. Sometimes I'm wrong. Um, we want to do some quick hits, and then we'll do. <sighs>
1: Yeah, let, let let's let's pick two of these. Oh well, we got to do Snicket. We have to do Snicket. Lemony Snicket. A series of infu- or fortune events is got picked up by Netflix to be a series. That's going to be so much Man, fun. Man, Netflix is doing some interesting stuff because they're doing a bunch of they're doing Daredevil, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of interesting sort of they just fan got rich, stuff. rich, yeah. yeah. They have had, um,
0: they have House of Cards, they have Orange is Black. I guess
1: that's all. It's going to be a series. I
0: look forward to spending a weekend binging through the first season of that when it drops. Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's going to be an ongoing series or a mini-series or what, but you're going to get multiple mm-hmm. um, whatevers. Yeah, it, I
0: think they're developing it.
1: It doesn't mm, even say it's just a series. Really say, yeah. It could so be a series it, of movies. It could be uh, a series of TV shows.
0: It, 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 live action. It plans it as a live action series. So I I would assume, which, so not animated. I assume it's going to be like 12 or 14 episodes yeah. a season.
1: But they, but Netflix signed a deal for, for Adam Sandler movies and they called it a series. So mm. I don't know. Well, it'll uh, be interesting okay, to see how okay. they, how they, um, uh, they cut up the, the, the pumpkin here. But, um, yeah. So that's coming out. The other sort of newsy thing, Tom Hanks is publishing a collection of short stories. Knopf picked it up, and they're all based around typewriters.
0: Yeah. So did we talk a month or two ago about how Tom Hanks released an iPad yeah, app? Yeah, It's like a retro. Yes. So Tom Hanks is a typewriter collector. He's been collecting them since 19... 19- Seventy-eight, and he will say himself, and he says in this media release that there's no real reason mm-hmm. for it. He's just into typewriters. Like typewriters, yeah. Which that's a I well, mean what uh, reason
1: could there be? Like, why a do typewriters save my life? Like why I don't do you know. What you- need
0: a reason, right? right. Like I'm into. Th- I'm into a thing, um, and so all these stories are not about the typewriters, but he says are the kinds of stories that he imagines might have been written on mm. these typewriters. Um Who knows? Who knows? The internet was predictably ridiculous about this Tom Hanks <laughs> collection, but Knopf does not typically publish um, stunt yeah, type stuff. It,
1: I don't know. It's it, it's it may not be. Um, I'm trying to think. Who's our current mass? It might not be Alice Monroe quality short stories, but it's not going to be an embarrassment if right. Knopf picked it. And he had a he had a short story in the New Yorker. I linked to it, and it was pretty good. I thought. Well, Um,
0: and like, how is why is it supposed to be surprising that this person who's had incredible creative success?
1: He also wrote the screenplay to that thing you do, which is an underrated movie that Michelle and I actually watch all the time and really like and quote to each other at length and ad nauseum. (laughs) Um, So he, you know, he cares. You know, he's directed. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's
0: smart and thoughtful and. Tom Hanks tends – like his work tends to not have as much edge as I like. Yeah, right. But I don't doubt that there will be quality to yeah, it. Like right. the, he he's not dumb and he's not a newcomer to making commercially successful but mm-hmm. also creative things that have integrity. Um,
1: and yeah, I'm Tom not, Hague, I'm not you know, worried. The guys at Knopf or the ladies at Knopf weren't sitting around deciding between your debut novel and Tom Hanks' short story collection. <laughs> and that's not how it worked. Right. They're not like, oh, you know what? There's this really interesting debut memoir here, but we've only got one more slot and let, let's give it to uh, Forrest Gump that, That's not how this happens. So just ease up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think when celebrities get fiction published, you can, if you know a little bit about the imprints, you can start to guess yes. about whether this is going to be any good um, or whether they're publishing it just because that has a famous person's or, name.
1: Or at least it's correlate. You can correlate. You right, you not, can, yes.
0: right. You can guess. You can guess. Um, and so my guess here is typically you're pretty safe with Knopf, and I think Knopf Doubleday is who published Bj Novak's collection. Yes. Uh, one more thing. Yes,
1: because Paul Bogard's was the publicist. Yeah, for, and
0: that was it was great and funny and smart, exactly the way that if you watch his, his the office, his book is blown up.
1: Have you noticed that? Yeah, that's what
0: is it, the picture? Uh, it's the book, book with no pictures. pictures. Yeah, that's it's really funny. It I, was um,
1: number one New York Times bestseller, I think, across all categories yeah, a couple of weeks I, ago.
0: And there have been some great funny videos about yeah. it. Um, I picked that up when I was in, in the Fountain bookstore in downtown Richmond and started flipping through it. And you have to, like, the catch is there are no pictures in this picture book, but you have to read out loud whatever the words are <laughs> that are on the page. And some of the words are ridiculous and you have to make sounds. And it was really fun. Like, I, you know, it's don't got kind mind.
1: of a Susian heart to it in terms of language yeah, and play. And it does. It seems interesting. Um,
0: he's, so. a, he's a smart, creative guy. Yeah, to, that's, I'm, we, I'm now we interested. should draft
1: some, post some, we should get someone to write that post for Book right, like books by celebrities that actually are Yeah, I was good. just thinking,
0: like, if Sophia Coppola wanted to write a collection of short oh. stories, I would read that with such mm, a quickness.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's do our last sponsor. Our this last is, sponsor,
0: this is, it. this is The Valiant, number one, from comics publisher, Valiant Entertainment. It's a new self-contained, they're calling it a comics event um, from three of the biggest creators in comics today, and that would be Jeff Lemire from Animal Man and Green Arrow at DC Comics, uh, Matt Kent who's known for a creator-owned series like uh, Mind Management at Dark Horse, and the art is by Eisner award-winning artist Paolo Rivera who has uh, done the art for Daredevil at Marvel, so they are not messing around. The Valiant number one features nearly every Valiant 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 hero and villain from the Mm. universe. And Valiant has a universe that works the same way if you're familiar with the Marvel universe or the DC universe, where the characters interact with each other and cross into each other's stories. And like each character's story takes place in the same universe that all the other characters do. So all the Valiant heroes and villains are united against a cosmic threat that was 10,000 years in the making.
1: Oh, that's so much planning. (laughs) Think of how much planning went into that. You, I mean, D-Day only took like two years.
0: You know that there have to be like walls in offices just covered with Post-it notes and line connecting. I, I and know, stuff. The,
1: and just to get the food to right, the, Just the, to, the faceless hordes. Just uh, to
0: figure it all. So um, The Valiant, this new series, is a, It's supposed to be considered an, a new entry point into Valiant's publishing line. And if you are new to comics or you're new to Valiant, this is the entry point. This is the place to start for you. Um, Valiant is one of the most critically acclaimed publishers anywhere in comics today. Um, And Valiant number one will be in print and online on December 10th. So you can check out ValiantUniverse.com for more information. I think this is so smart. As a as a person who's new to comics, I am super overwhelmed by the (laughs) thought of trying to get into really any of the superhero comics because there's so much backstory I don't know. There's so much continuity that I wouldn't have any idea where to pick up. And so things like – I think actually on panels on our sister site today, there's a piece about the new run of Ms. Marvel – And how it's a good, like, you don't have to know anything about anything with the history of the Marvel Universe in order to get into it. And so that's been great and accessible for me and for a bunch of readers like me. And I'm sure if you have all the backstory, it's even richer. Um, So I think this is such a smart idea on the part of comics publishers to be like, you know what, there's new people coming to comics. We have, you know, this huge universe and all these characters and all these stories. And instead of expecting them all to somehow magically figure out their way in, or to jump into something where they don't know what's happening. Let's create a way. Um, I think it's really so much cool, sense. and it's going to be priced. Um, the uh, trade paperback is going to be nine ninety nine a volume per volume for the intro. Um, I, it's just so smart. And Valiant, I'm, allow me to ramble for a moment. Mm-hmm. Valiant has a really cool story. Um, I met some. I think I met one of their editors. I met someone from Valiant at Comic Con, and they were telling me about. Um, it was a big publisher in like the seventies and eighties. And then it was acquired by a big corporation that was an entertainment corporation that didn't really know about comics mm. and that tanked it. But there were these like two or three guys who were in college at the time and loved Valiant and wanted to save it. And so they like basically did a startup, but to bring Valiant
1: back Oh, interesting! and,
0: and yeah, a really cool backstory. So
1: good name. I love the name count. Valiant uh, Comics. Right. Uh, I, I think
0: I'm to check this out, and so you can get information about the Valiant, number one, valiantuniverse.com.
1: Well, you know, um, I fed 2,500 Valiant Comics to a lab rat, and it <laughs> didn't get cancer. So, I mean.
0: I don't know what kind of a promotion that is, Jim. Well,
1: I just, if you've got a rat, and you're worried about if it's going to get cancer from feeding it trade paperbacks, um, <laughs> I just thought I'd drop that in there. <laughs> It's okay. so weird. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I can't get it out of my mind. It's so weird. It's going to haunt my dreams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and some Sometimes I run things by Bob when I'm like, this is weird and I'm pretty sure that it's weird to everyone, but it's possible that it's right. only weird because I live I in I do publishing. the same
1: with Michelle, and I know when she thinks it's even weirder than I and do, then it's genuinely, right. authentically and weird. I
0: could just see it washing <laughs> over his face, that, the, like the, the WTF-ness of it all. <laughs>
1: I guess my response would be if I read that in a book I, and I'd be like, this is so clearly product placement that I would never eat sweet and low again. Like, that's I, my personality.
0: So. I am excited for what the Goodreads reviews of oh, this
1: book are going to oh, be. Oh, I need to make an omnifocus task to like check that out in like a year. Just go back <laughs> yes. and look at it. All right, let's do new books. Let's suck. Okay,
0: about new books. Good week. I think November 4th was the last big new book day. Ah. Of the year, and then the rest of November and December are typically kind of a wasteland. Have you looked ahead?
1: Have you looked ahead? I have. I've oh, been okay. looking ahead. you are cheating. There are
0: some. There are some things, okay. but it's not great. There's a lot of good stuff from last year coming out in paperback in the mm. next like six or seven weeks, which is perfect for the holidays. But then last year, December was a disaster, like- was
1: a apocalypse yeah, it of it new always releases. Is, it's just
0: quiet. And why um, would you?
1: I mean, i it makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: But there's like January 6th is there's good stuff coming out January 6th and publishers are starting mm. to like
1: do more of the building. Burn those gift cards. Exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, but so we're this is the last of the new release days that I'm super stoked about. So there's good stuff here. Um, Mermaids in Paradise by Lydia Millett. Uh, I thought was great. It was my first experience reading Millet. It's a satire about a newlywed couple who go to a Caribbean island on their honeymoon. And while they're there, a scientist who's also on vacation discovers mermaids living in the reef just off the island. And so the scientist wants to study them and conserve them. But the evil parent corporation that owns the resort, of course, wants to uh, capitalize on having real actual mermaids living Mm. there and turn it into an extension of the resort. So there's this tension between like the corporate mercenaries who show up and then this merry band of vacationers that include our newlyweds and the scientist and some other folks who are trying to protect the mermaids uh news gets out of the mermaids and leaks to all the major outlets and so there are like crazy uh, conservative media outlets where people are saying that these things are of the devil and they must be killed so there's people like flocking to the island to try to hunt down the mermaids and kill them because they're of the devil and then there's people on the other end of like the new age media who want to study these and talk to them. And, you know, you can imagine the full spectrum and Millet successfully imagines the full spectrum. It's really funny and just like ridiculous in how far she imagines this scenario. But the voice of it is also great. It's narrated by the wife in the newlywed couple. And the closest analogy that I have, and I said it if you watch our YouTube channel, I've been talking about it there, um, feels kind of like the Amy sections of Gone Girl. Um, in in that, like she sees the unflattering stuff about her husband and other people, and she might not say it out loud to them, but she has no qualms about being really judgmental in her own head and mm. to the reader. So she's not likable at all. But I loved how unlikable she was, <laughs> and how much this narrator does not give a crap if you like her. She just is, like kind of revels in saying. The thing that's true about someone, rather than protecting their feelings, or she, you know how you like the generous readings, Jeff. Yes. This character does doesn't not doesn't
1: love the generous readings. She
0: does not offer generous interpretations of other people. Right. Um I thought she was super fun to read, though, and it sent me right to Millet's backlist. I bought a bunch of her backlist immediately. Um That's Mermaids in Paradise, um, A Map of Betrayal by Ha Jin is about a woman whose father. uh She lives in America. Her father was one of the like, or was the Biggest uh, Chinese spy. It's it's fiction, but her father was this like big important spy in the seventies, and now that um, he has died, she gets his diaries and gets to uncover stuff about his history and his life that she never knew. And we move back and forth between uh, present as she's doing that and traveling mm-hmm. around trying to really learn about her father and the past, like the fifties and what his experience is being a spy were like it's not james bond spy stuff it's like domestic life of a spy stuff hmm. um it's a really quiet i really liked it for the different look at that kind of story um i think it's worth investigating if that sounds interesting cool texts from jane Eyre.
1: ah i can you want me to take yeah this you one? should talk about uh, i mallory ortberg's book text from jane Eyre. she is the co-founder and uh head funny lady over at the toast.net, which is a really funny site. If you like humor writing, especially about literature and, uh, especially if you're into like feminism and stuff, they're really good about all of those things. That I enjoyed it. It's a daily read feminism, feminism stuff. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mallory, she was the uh, guest number five on the reading, li- on reading lives recorded a couple weeks ago and was great and had some good anecdotes there. But this is her book that came out based on a piece she started, she said, over at Oh, I can't remember now if it was the hairpin or the all. But anyway, uh, an online site um, that imagines conversations via text between literary characters. So, so you get
0: like Jane Eyre texting with Mr. Rochester. Yes,
1: things of that nature. They're really funny. Um, she is whip, whip smart, whatever, sharper than a whip. <laughs> she's quick. I mean, she's fast. She has an unbelievable memory for detail in books. As mm-hmm. I, You listen to that show, right? I did. With yeah. a unbelievable memory on the spot of things she read like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So she has these characters down and she can grasp their essence and then sort of r- rebuild them from that essence into sort of a grotesque version of themselves that's really funny um as she said during the show like some of these literary characters we think about are actually terrible people um <laughs> and do terrible things and act horribly selfishly and all this stuff. so anyway um that book is out if you're an english major who likes to laugh this book is is for you. It would make a great gift. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah.
0: I think if you like, if you had an English teacher or professor that you really loved. <laughs> yeah. That, or your or your
1: mom or dad or sibling uh-huh. is, a, is likes to read and they, they like to good to chuckle. That's going to go gift. on
0: our Swiss Army. Oh, you know that's an excellent. Excellent
1: point. So that's that's
0: a great. Winner. It's a good book for book lovers. Yes. Uh, must be willing to have a thing you love made fun of.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Put your sacred cows away. Yeah. Put them out to the pasture. <laughs>
0: Uh, So paperback. Actually, this first paperback is one that you should talk about, too. Silence Once Begun by Jesse Ball. Oh,
1: I wasn't ready. Uh, Jesse Ball. Uh, One of my favorite under-the-radar readers, Jesse Ball. I got um, in on him with, doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't matter. I really liked. I can't even think of the name. The curfew. The curfew. Yes. Sounds good. This came out this year. I guess it came out Mm -hmm. in January. New paperback now. So uh, this he he kind of does. It reminds me a little bit of like mid century European literature, and that it takes there's it takes a premise, and it's sort of unreal, kind of fairy tale like, but set in the real world, but yet not magical realism. It's kind of the opposite where. You have, a real, you have a real world sort of setting scent within these fantastical premises rather than magical realism so you have a real world with a fantastical element. Anyway, the inverse. Um, I'm getting lost here. But anyway, over the course of several months, several people vanish from their home in this, in this Japanese town, and there's a uh, what, playing card found on each door. And they're called, I can't remember, so the name of the town, Disappearances. The authorities are baffled. It's sort of a mystery mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and this one particular person confesses, but he can't speak. And then there's a bunch of interviews going on. Like it's, it pl- it's playing with the idea of an investigation and also with a sort of magical disappearance thing. I thought it was inter- super interesting. This is just my kind of book because it doesn't revol- resolve itself. It's not even clear what it's about really. Um, <laughs> so this, I love the book. It's, it, it's short. You could read it in one sitting. Um, I really did. You ever read this? I don't remember if you ever did or not. I did not pages. get to it.
0: We picked it as one of the Book Rageous book club picks on the Book Rageous podcast, and then I didn't. I, I intended to finish it in time for that show and I ended up like I think there was work stuff that week mm. and I ended up not even starting it, but I have it <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to read it because you recommended the curfew to me at the end of last year and I think I read it over the holidays and ended up texting you about how like you should have warned me that it was gonna make me
1: cry. Oh, it's it's a it's a rough end. I mean <laughs> There's that's like a, a punch in the gut yeah. at the
0: end of the but curfew But did you like it? You liked I did. It though, yeah. I liked it. I like that uh when kind of unmoored in time. Yes, that's what stuff where like you don't too. know where you are, but I, I enjoy the feeling of not knowing where I am
1: in fiction sometimes. This, uh, if I have to do one of those X meets Y, to me, this is Murakami meets Kafka. Mm, that's where yeah. I'm going with um, Silence Once Begun by Jesse Ball. I, I, it also has a cool cover. But anyway, that's a. An and the imagery.
0: paperback is a cool cover. Yeah. Uh, is a cool cover too um for the food lover anything that moves by Dana Goodyear is out in paperback um she I think was uh, the New Yorker has written about um food for the New Yorker for many years if it's not the New Yorker it's some other equally important awesome magazine um but this is her investigation into the world of like extreme foodies mm-hmm. in all the different manifestations of extreme foodieism like how far people go to say that they ate the weirdest thing um It is fascinating and disgusting and fascinating. And she's she does the Mary Roach thing where she doesn't just report on the story. She becomes part of the story. So she, you know, goes to the food truck in L.A. that serves the like actual bird egg with the chick inside it. And no, come on. Yeah, Jeff, this is not your book. No,
1: I'm muting you. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: It's fascinating in the way, like, I talk sometimes about erotica writers who put their characters into sexual situations that I don't personally find interesting, Mm -hmm. but I'm still, like, I'm still invested in what happens to the characters. Um, Dana Goodyear eats things that I would never put into my face, but I'm so happy to read about someone who was willing to try that. Yes. it's. I thought it was really, really interesting, and you get just a glimpse at all these different parts of. Like, I'm moderately well-versed in food culture, and Richmond has a fantastic restaurant culture. And uh, there were just things that I had not heard of. There were things that I was kind of familiar with, but that she went super far into. Uh, that's that's great and super fun and interesting. And it's called Anything That Moves.
1: I think that's our show. It is our show. Good in- show. Can't Good show. Now, we're, now the intro, the music is playing underneath this, even though we can't hear it because I haven't been edited in yet. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Reading Ape. She's at Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Find show notes, bookwrite.com slash podcast. If you want to email us about a recommendation, or you have a Squarespace site or you found a Barnes and Noble sync up thing and you did it and you wanted to give us some feedback about that. That's great. Um, you can email us at podcast at book We check that uh, regularly. Um, and by regular, I mean, it's always open in my email. <laughs> uh, let's see if you want to give us a rating early Christmas holiday Hanukkah Kwanzaa gift. Go to iTunes rate review, especially if you like the show. If you don't like the show, why are you listening? But that's a different problem. Um, I hope no one hate listens. That's a, I'd never thought about that till just this moment. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you if you do that. Um, please.
0: You know what? I'm not. If you choose to hate listen or hate read anything, then that's you know what? Sweet and is still
1: gonna pay us. <laughs> uh, Can I just
0: tell you briefly? I have a friend whose father has a new girlfriend who doesn't want to gain weight, so she drinks vodka with sweet and low. You told me about this and it. I <laughs> reject
1: it as being true. <laughs>
0: someone out there
1: uh-huh.
0: is using sweet low you know what you know food. what
1: the cumberland <laughs> company is paying her to tell that story probably so i don't believe anything she, about sweet she, low anymore
0: that was a thing like a couple well now we're on a tangent but there was a thing you know, a couple the music years is ago definitely not
1: playing under us now <laughs> That's we lost the music
0: there was a there were big stories a few years ago about companies hiring basically like guerrilla marketers to stand around in bars and casually strike <laughs> up... Con- Do you remember that? Yes, like, yes, You could yes, yes, sign yes. up to be one and then you would stand like in a bar with other people that were Talk identified to juice. be in the... De- yeah, and then you just subtly bring up whatever the brand was that you were being paid to represent. And you would never say that you were being paid. You would just casually mention like, oh, and have you heard about... Yes. Have you heard about
1: the lifestyle, new- high end, VIP. Right. Um, let's okay, now now I don't know how to end the show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.